Why do you say that, Father? You aren't afraid, are you? No. But I respect some of the superstitions of others. Often they are founded in fact. Broadcasting from our Sanctum Sanctorum in Venice, California. I'm Krista. I'm Olivier. And we are the Sixth Sense Society. Society. Welcome to another episode of the Sixth Sense Society. We are very excited to be talking today about signs and synchronicities. But before we get going on our show, Michael has a few announcements. Yeah, um, we've got a couple of really great things coming up. Um, now, next week, we're going to have a, a dark week in terms of the regular show, but we'll have our cosmic weather. Um, so you guys can tune in for that. And then the first Sunday of July, the 7th, at our usual 8 o'clock time, we will have a live show with Dr. George Schwimmer, Krista's dad again. And this time his show is going to be on spirit attachments. So if you want to know what a spirit attachment is and whether you have one and all that good stuff, then that is the thing to do, you know, check in with him. And he's awesome. And then we're going to have some other great shows coming up in July. Now I have one more announcement that appertains to Krista in particular that, that is important in her life. Oh, oh, happy no. birthday. <laughs> is it today? No, not today. <laughs> when is it? Happy it's this weekend. Ooh, nice. Happy birthday. <laughs> we'll kiss after the show. <laughs> happy birthday. That's a surprise for me. Dear Krista. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Thank you. So there you go. Yes. It is wow. Krista's Krista's birthday coming up the twenty second of June. Yeah. She turns twenty one. So okay. <laughs> We're not going to say what age any of us are. We, we'd rather keep that a secret. Six Sense Society has to have some secrets, and I think that's a good one to keep. So <laughs> yes. we'll do secret that. Society. Um, yeah. So I want to kick off the show tonight by telling you guys uh, an interesting couple of things on, on synchronicity and signs and so forth, since that's what we're talking about. And one of them had to do with our good friend David Ullman. And by the way, David Ullman, for you guys that are interested, on the 12th of July is having another of his ghost hunts at his place. He has one of the most famous haunted homes in Los Angeles, up in the Hollywood Hills. And he has these events frequently. Um, it's $90. He puts on a really good meal for everyone. And then you get to spend all the night ghost hunting with all the little, you know, K2 meters and everything else. And, and Chris and I will be doing four tarot readings that we're going to raffle off to people there. And there's usually about a dozen or so people, give or take a little. Um, so your chances of winning one are actually pretty good. Um, and then David this time has asked us to do a, a seance, which we did once before with some very interesting results. So um, we, I think, are going to do that. We, we've talked it over, and I oh. guess we're going to look at that, and it should be fun. So always an interesting time. So mm -hmm. so one of the stories, and if you guys want tickets, it's theomenhost.com is the website, theomenhost.com, and grab your tickets and come join us. Um, but we were at David's not too long ago doing one of his events, and he had a, a seance with a medium there that was doing the channeling you're dead and telling you what they, they think and all that good stuff. Um, and at one point, she got up and left the room, and the K2 meter had been sitting on the table, and, and not a whole lot had been happening with it. It had been maybe like an hour and a half, I suppose, and, and they hadn't really seen anything. And also on the table was this little keyboard, you know, piano kind of keyboard that was very much, you know, Barbie kind of My Little Pony, very pink and decorated with all kinds of ornate things and so forth for a small child. Um, no idea why it was on the table, so <laughs> but anyway, um, at one point the, the medium person got up and left, and, and I went over to a friend of ours who was there who had been asking questions about her deceased sister, <clears throat> and, and I said, do you suppose we could use that keyboard to channel Liberace? And she got very shocked looking. She said, my sister was engaged to Liberace. And she actually showed us the pictures from TV Guide and stuff. Her, her sister had been an actress back in the day. And when they were young, they were engaged. And I, I guess uh, her father figured out that Liberace was gay and put an end to the marriage. She didn't <laughs> want it to go forward. But, but uh, anyway, they were actually engaged. And no sooner did we start talking about Liberace than the K2 meter started going nuts and all the other equipment started going off. And uh, a guy came in and said, well, that's, you know, 
just somebody has their cell phone on, but nobody had moved and had been sitting there for an hour and a half and nothing had happened until we started talking about Liberace. So while her, maybe her sister spirit was there and we connected with it or maybe Liberace we channeled, I don't know. But anyway, it was fascinating. And I, I think the synchronicity, again, why does that happen exactly at that moment where we start talking about Liberace? I mean, within a second and, and had been sitting there for an hour and a half with absolutely nothing happening. Also, the keyboards so. started playing. Yeah, itself. and it was it was yeah. crazy. The whole thing Even though was there very was a crazy. Reason for it. Yeah, <laughs> but it, but again, when you look at synchronicity, the timing of things is important, and how that connected just at that period of time, you know, in that moment. So I, I really think there was something to it. So I'm kind of curious to see whether we can channel Liberace again this time <laughs> when we go to his place. Um, and then the other thing with signs, um, and this is a great story. I think Olivier will like this. Is a friend of ours in Nova Scotia that was an old hippie from England. And what he used to do about once a month is he would step out his front door and he would look for a sign. It could be a swizzle stick laying on the ground that was like an arrow or whatever. And he'd say, okay, I guess I'm supposed to go in that direction. So he'd head in that direction. He'd watch for his next sign. It could be a, a little bit of conversation as somebody passed saying, you know, something happened over there. So he'd say, I guess I'm supposed to go over there. And he would literally spend the whole day just following signs with no idea of where he mm. was going. And he said, I ended up meeting some of the coolest people and mm. gone places I probably wouldn't oh, have yeah. gone. He said it was really totally amazing. So it's a really fun exercise. So if some of you guys out there want to try something interesting, spend a day following signs. And <laughs> with that, I'm going to kick it back to you guys, and we'll um, look forward to the show. Oh, those are okay. great great stories, Michael. Beautiful. Well, the, the first thing I wanted to say was um, most people know that it was Jung that coined the term synchronicity, even though, of course, synchronicity has been around for thousands of years. So I, I did read his book, which is not the easiest little book to read on synchronicity. Jung, Jung is difficult to read. I, I finally felt relieved when I read that in Gary Lockman's um, biography on Jung, he talks about Jung being a little difficult, the way he writes, to read. So I, I didn't feel so stupid. Um, <laughs> so in the beginning, the introduction, this is a little bit about how Jung defines synchronicity. Uh, in his memorial for Richard Wilhelm, Jung used the word synchronicity to characterize the significance of the simultaneity of events that could not be causally, causally linked. And then Jung gave such examples as the I Ching, the coincidence of Chinese and European periods of style and astrology. He also talks about in the book, which I had not known, how their uh, synchronicity is connected to archetypes normally. And then he's got a very sophisticated look at how this all works with the archetypes and the unconscious. Uh, and then the second definition I wanted to just add, a simpler interpretation of that is from this great book called The Power of Flow by Charlene Belitz and Meg Lundstrom. And I'm gonna talk about the book a little later. But in the beginning, they say when they talk about synchronicity, they're using Jung's definition. And what they say, it is the coming together of inner and outer events in a way that cannot be explained by cause and effect, and that is meaningful to the observer. And then they add another part to it, which we'll talk about later. So that's, you know, most of us that follow synchronicity know that's the definition. Uh, and I am a big, enthusiastic follower of synchronicities. There was at one point a woman I met that even was developing some kind of an app, but I don't know what happened. I've searched over the years, because um, a while ago, that you could record your synchronicities on your phone. You because of, Yeah, because yeah. a lot of them are visual. Yeah. And I thought that was such a great idea. So if anyone's out there and, and, and want to do an app, please, I think that would be a great app. It's a good idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. So how would you personally define synchronicity? Well, I, I, I would, but I want to say something before. Uh, Friday the 21st, it's the birthday of his death. Oh, I didn't know that. I read it on, online. And um, the 26th of July, it's his birthday. So he was a Leo. Mm. So we are kind of in the midst of uh, the whole thing with him now. So he might be somewhere here with us, hopefully <laughs> to help me. <laughs> and uh, so what I, how I look at the synchronicities, it's, um, it's not really the definition he's giving to, to the public, but mine is more like... Um, it's orchestrated by unseen forces, which means uh, it's something like you don't have control over. There's something that you witness and that uh, you, you realize that there's something that um, it's been put in front of you and you go through the experience and, and uh, this is something that makes you go, wow, I, don't, I really didn't expect this. And uh, after you can, you can um, give a meaning to it. The, whatever you want, but it's here to make sure that you know that you're on the right path in a way, and um, you realize that there's really something uh, controlling your life or not. But um, I had so many experiences with the synchronicities, 
And every time I'm like, I can't believe it. I really, I really did everything else not to have this experience. And I got the experience plus everything else around it. So it was really amazing. And I have like a little examples. Um, one of a uh, synchronicity is when I came to America and I was in a, in a store. I was looking for a song that my, my, my aunt used to, to use for relaxation and meditation because she had cancer. So she needed to, to go through the whole experience, which was, was really hard for her. And uh, she couldn't give me the name of the song, but I remember the song. So I go to the Psychic Eye on Ventura Boulevard and um, I enter the store and the song is playing. So I just had to ask the guy. So this is things are like this are like uh, are like meant to 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 help you in a way and to to make you advance in life. And and uh, for now, that's all I can say. For him. but um, and, well, and I, I think that Jung would agree with you because he really was impressed by the the Tao and the concept of that. He has a couple a couple of the poems in his book and mm -hmm. how yeah. they believe in this this sort of energy behind yeah. things. And he even says that. It, it's something you can't really orchestrate. It comes from the the deeper subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. And and he, like, I think what he meant by being connected to an archetype, uh, I'll give an example of, of one that happened to me. I was getting ready to become the worthy matron in um, the Order of the Eastern Star. And at the same time, I was going to have um, a hysterectomy. So I was really mm. a little nervous yeah, because imagine. I wasn't yeah. sure I'd be healthy enough mm -hmm. and and that year, each year they had um, emblems, and that year it was the sunflower, their emblem. So when I, when I um, decided I was going to go and do it, I looked outside and there were these sunflowers that had started growing by this tree that have never grown there before or since. <laughs> and I know where they came from, the seeds, but they've never grown there before. So it felt like a kind of healing affirmation because you know the sunflower is really connected to light and apollo and an eastern star at the time especially uh, you know it was very spiritual for me my journey with it so i felt supported by the universe saying exactly. you'll be all right yes. you'll be able to handle yes. it we've got you we got you covered you know yeah. so it was and it was really so unexpected because like i said ever since i haven't had sunflowers in that yeah. same spot it was only that one year and that's what i'm saying you know yeah. sometimes you just have to look at signs and uh, as and, and uh, messages like it's just simple just to relax you to yeah. tell you you you're fine don't worry you, you you'll be fine and just go for it and uh it's a tough maybe it was a tough experience for you but it told you that uh, you, you're going to be okay. Yeah. And well, I think actually, that's what's it, it was actually, it. everything went really well. My healing went well. Yeah. Everything went well. I was actually able, by the time I, I had to start, I was fine, you know, because I didn't start till a little later after. So the sun was really, the sunflowers were telling me it was going to be not only good, but I'll be fine, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I have lots of examples yeah. <laughs> of that. Um, the most famous one that I really like is one of Jung's, and I actually brought it in, if I can find the... Uh, here it is. So most people that read Jung come across this one uh, story. And basically, he was working as um, uh, an analyst with this woman who was very logical and kind of stuck, and he couldn't get through to her. So he, he was with her in his office, and she was describing this dream uh, in which there was a golden scarab, Egyptian. And as she was describing the dream... He said, suddenly he heard a noise behind him like a gentle tapping. I turned around and saw a flying insect knocking against the window pane from outside. I opened the window and caught the creature in the air as it flew in. It was the nearest analogy to a golden scarab that one finds in our latitudes. And he says what it is and even all the, the but, long the, the names of it. And then he said that, um, and they don't usually go into dark rooms. So he then, you know, he, he grabbed the a beetle and he put it in front of her and said, here's your scarab. And then um, she had a breakthrough. She, she was able to really dig deeper and he could really then help her. And he said that only ever happened to him once uh, with a patient like that. So my feeling about synchronicity with others, I think it has to do with their openness too. Like mm -hmm. she was the one that was really conjuring it by talking about that dream mm -hmm. and he was very receptive and so he was the other partner to it but i mean that's such an extraordinary thing that timing to have it happen right as you're talking yeah. and it's such an unusual yes. a beetle yeah. Yeah. and I'm, I'm sure that would sort of blow my mind if yeah. i was an analyst and that's <laughs> so. what i'm saying it's like like puppets you know like uh, i'll put you here this one is going to come at the same time and it's orchestrated that's what i'm saying by unseen forces and it's amazing, and every time it makes me go, wow, it's, 
it's unbelievable. So um, I wanted to say something about science and I have my idea about science. And uh, you have yeah, there's two ways for science. The one you asked for, the ones you asked for, and the signs that are coming and you just, oh, I got a sign. And um, I, I was thinking maybe it's like a stop signs on the streets, you know. Mm -hmm. You just stop at the stop sign. You're not going to stop anything. Oh, it's a stop sign. So what is it? Is it metal? Is it? You're not going to analyze the thing. So you right. just stop and you move on. So some signs, some signs, they should be like this. You know, you just have the sign. Oh, okay. So I move to the next one and I move forward with my life and maybe I get another sign. So that's when you're on the on the on the right path and you you have a flow with your life. And there are other signs when uh, you doubt about them and uh, about what what you're doing and you ask for a sign. And mm -hmm. this is, I think, it's very different. Because uh, you are gonna have confirmation, you're gonna have a, 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 something that tells you you're okay or you're on the wrong path, which is I don't think it happens really often. You're always on the right path, but uh, the path you are taking might be taking you back to the path you're supposed to be on. I don't know if that makes sense and if you understand what I'm saying. But um, um, those are the two kinds of signs I think uh, that we we encounter. Yeah, and, and signs and synchronicities definitely can kind of um, be two different things and also mm -hmm. similar things depending on what's going on. Uh, I think that um, I forget a lot of times to ask for signs. And the <laughs> two times I really ask that I really needed an answer, I was really amazed at the results I got. Mm -hmm. One was uh, uh, very special to me because my, when my mother died, oh, I was looking for this... Uh, board that had the name of Maya Angelou on it because my mother had worked in a hotel where Maya Angelou yeah. had stayed. And before she left, she got this board, the plaque to give to me sometime. And I never saw it. I didn't know what it looked like. She knew I loved Maya Angelou. And so I knew that when after she died, I looked everywhere for it. I could not find it. And she had a tiny space. And I was really bummed because I know she wanted me to have it. So I went back to, you know, my mom was in Sonoma and I went back home. And my, my mother had this wonderful man that lived next door to him, Dennis, who kind of, they were really good friends and they kind of looked out for each other. And so about, I don't know, maybe it was, it was a while after, maybe three or four months even, I had decided to publish my poetry for the first time in a long time. And I actually asked for a sign that this was a good idea because hmm. it's, it's a little painful submitting poetry. Yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah. so personal. Yeah. And, and I, I would continue to write it, but I wasn't sure if it was really yeah. beneficial. Yeah. So I said, I need a sign that this is a good idea. <laughs> and uh, so about a week later, I get this letter in the mail from Dennis. And he had gone back into my mom's apartment sometime afterwards. And he found the plaque with Maya Angelou's name <laughs> oh, on it. Yeah. So I got like a literal yeah, sign. Exactly. And I, I was so blown away because what I like about signs and when we really are open to them is they can be so orchestrated so beautifully, like in a way you mm -hmm. wouldn't have thought of. Mm -hmm. And I, I'll never forget that because it, it's just, I mean, a poet getting a sign from another poet through a dead mother. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that was really special. But I think when you ask for signs, I really think one has to be really wanting them. Because yeah. I, I think sometimes people aren't ready for them. Maybe yeah. it's not that they're blocking them. They're, they're not really ready for whatever the sign is. And so just to have a sincere heart and be open to it. Whatever you ask for. Yeah. Um, I, um, I had one like this when I was living in Germany and I wanted to move to America, which was a big decision for me to, to make. And uh, I, was, uh, I was in my room and uh, I said, I need to know if it's the right one to do. And uh, I was lying on my bed and the window was, was in front of me. It was night, so it was up. Uh, you could see the sky, but it was a very small, like rectangular window. So I lay down on my, my bed and I said, if it's the right decision, I want a shooting star. And uh, within 10 minutes, I had the shooting star going, pointing to the west, which was the direction I was heading to. That's beautiful. So those are obvious things, but you can say, oh, that was a such. You can analyze, as I say, if you analyze the stop sign, you're going to go crazy and it's, it makes no sense anymore. But you could say it's a satellite that was passing, or you could say, oh, well, there's a thousand shooting stars in the sky. But when you ask for something and you get the answer, that's when you, you follow this and you don't doubt it and you don't question it. And uh, this is when you get guidance and you, you can move on and follow those signs. It, it does take a kind of faith and trust yeah, for yeah. sure. A lot of people get numbers in um, sequential yeah, yeah. ways and synchronicities. And the one thing I, I had forgotten in this book on synchronicity by Jung, he talks about numbers 
but he calls them archetypes, which mm-hmm. I, I'd never seen them as an archetype. No, like, so. And he explains why. And you know, he was really into the whole mandala idea mm-hmm. and how the universe really is made up of, of these forms. And in his, um, he says that for him, the numbers that were particularly sacred or significant were, of course, 1 through 9, mm-hmm. 10, 12, 13, 14, 28, 32, and 40, which I, I'd like to find out why... 28 and 40, I know why 32 is, and, and I know that 12, 13, 14 are, are, I know 12 and 13 are karmic numbers in numerology. Yeah, yeah. So I'd be curious and to see 22. why, and, and 32, and 22. And 22. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he, he talks about that, and he talks about uh, um, how they're, you know, because of the way they build the universe, that they're, they're, they're archetypes, okay. and how archetypes can kind of affect numbers and numbers can affect archetypes so some of this book that he gets into a little bit more physics kinds of ideas at towards the end of the book and because he worked with Polly on the synchronicity and i didn't quite understand some of what he was hinting at but i was going to read this one part that at the end at the very end he closes his book out with this statement because it's a very interesting idea Uh, He says, for these reasons, it seems to me necessary to introduce alongside space, time, and causality, (laughs) a category which not only enables us to understand synchronistic phenomena as a special class of natural events, but also takes the contingent partly as a universal factor existing for all eternity, and partly as the sum of countless individual acts of creation occurring in time. Mm-hmm. And he has this little diagram where he's looking at, you know, time and space. And and I'm like, wow, this is maybe a, a fourth or fifth dimensional mm-hmm. idea, like synchronicity being a force that, that it isn't simply even um, the universe playing with us, that there's yeah. actually, we need to define it more in terms of almost like a law of physics. And I thought that was really fascinating. And there are a lot more people researching synchronicity i have started collecting some of the books on it and i'm really impressed by how many people are going really deep with it they're not just noticing it they're exploring it Mm -hmm. they're investigating it uh this book the power of flow what they did was they actually interviewed something like 85 different what they called flow masters and these are all people from many walks of life that really feel always connected and they feel like they don't have hurdles they can't overcome. Uh, and so they also did these surveys and these groups. Um, and so they did a lot of research and they came up with these ideas of how to be in the flow with synchronicity being a way to enter the flow, which yeah. I had never thought about yeah. before, yeah. that it's part of how you yeah. get into the stream of the flow. Yeah. We all say, you know, I'm in the flow today. Mm-hmm. Everybody kind of knows what that means. Yeah, you know, but and uh, the more synchronicities you get, the more you get. You know, it's after when you start not- noticing them, you uh, you're gonna be in the flow, as you said. I wanted to say something about the numbers, the, the 11, 11 and everything, and I was thinking about something that uh, I realized or I understood, and I don't know if it's a good theory, but it's a theory. Uh, when you start to say, uh, "Oh, I always notice 11, 11 or twenty two or whatever," and um, I think it's like when you, uh, you're hungry, you eat breakfast, lunch, dinner. At the same time, your brain and your stomach and your, your body gets used to it. So every day you're going to be hungry at the same time. Mm-hmm. Why? So which means when you notice, you start noticing 11-11, let's, keep, let's stay with 11-11, your brain is going to start noticing it every day. So it doesn't become a coincidence. It becomes a, tr- a train thing. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So there's at the end, I don't think there's nothing spiritual about it. It's just getting used to uh, to notice it every day until you you disconnect with it. But you can, as you say, we, you, we give meanings to things. You can give a meaning to this, the one you want, and after it, it helps you uh, go t- through the flow, create more synchronicities and sign. That's how you work it. Yeah, the eleven eleven I think has been overplayed yeah. a lot. Now I did meet a fellow. I don't remember what the number was, but it was an odd three digit number, like two eighty five, <laughs> and he had it tattooed on his arm. And I asked him about it, and he said that number saved his life more than once. 
And it's a very special number for him. Uh, yeah. So that was more like a synchronistic thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not to dismiss all 11-11, but I think you're right. There is that expectation after yeah, a while because in itself, so many people mm-hmm. are talking yeah. about 11-11. Yeah. And rather than, you know, maybe you just suddenly start seeing fives everywhere. Yeah. You're like, why am I seeing fives everywhere? Yeah. Uh, so I agree with you that it, it's something, synchronicity is a little bit different from that. And that, okay, of course, yeah. can be a good thing. Maybe yeah. it reminds you yeah. to be more spiritual yeah. seeing that number, whatever it is that it reminds you and of. And it depends in what way you notice 11-11. Like the synchronicities when they became like so like wow thing. And uh, if you, you get the 11-11 in a wow thing, of course, it's going to be a synchronicity or a sign or something that uh, helps you move. Uh, on, you know. Well, that's a good point. When yeah. a synchronicity happens, uh, first of all, I look at either what's going on inside of me, literally, or what's happening around me. Maybe I'm having a, a powerful conversation. So because they're very much in the moment, it's very important to notice that. So somebody will, because I, I use animal cards in my readings, mm-hmm. people often say, hey, I saw this owl, and what does it mean? I said, well, can you tell me what you were doing? And what were you thinking and what does it mean to you? I can't interpret that on its own. Synchronicities mm-hmm. do have context because yeah. an owl can definitely mean something very yeah. different for person yeah. to person. And also what's going on when you see these synchronicities. Yeah. Now, if you you know, sometimes people want to just learn from nature, which is perfectly fine, and they use the totems as a lesson for the day. Like today I saw the blue jay and that's my lesson. And mm-hmm. that's a that's another very valid mm-hmm. thing to do. But it is very important. That means that synchronicity, to be really in the flow, you have to be able to go inside yourself and yeah. watch what's going on in a neutral way. So in a way, it's a, it's an interesting training on really going deeper with the self. Yeah, yeah and I think synchronicities and signs and, uh, and uh, almond and, and messages are meant to, to help you grow again, like we were talking about the other show last time. And... Uh, if you like caught in the 3D life, you will never see those ones. And until you get one big sign that makes you want to wake up in a way and, and change your life. And uh, if you start like uh, paying attention to synchronicities and signs and, and all those things, you're going to have more of them and you're going you're gonna to really become who you want to be, who you are and you, you're meant to be. Because I believe that there's, there's a big part of fate in this. Yes, and, and that one of, in a different book, I know Jung talks about how um, seeing synchronicities are part of the individualization process of becoming a whole person. Mm-hmm. And then there's another aspect of synchronicity that I think is very um, important, and which is also talked about in the flow, is I see synchronicity as being a, an indica- indication of where I'm at as a person, but also as a treasure map. That <laughs> when Mike was talking about our friend following the signs, that it can take you literally to the right places and sometimes the synchronicities can be so bizarre it's hard to trust (laughs) i have turned down some synchronicities because it took such a leap of faith i wasn't quite ready for it and i was like no i can't do that and looking back i'm okay with it but when i have followed the synchronicities it is really amazing where they can take you so there's this larger context and they can also get quite complex which is what in the power flow they talk about different types of synchronicities. Yeah. Uh, they name three types. They name like the single one where mm-hmm. you just have like a confirmation. Mm-hmm. It's like they say it has a beginning, a middle, and the end. Then there's the series where you see a series of, and then there are the clusters. Mm-hmm. And the clusters are the ones that have complexities. So where you can have a, synch- a synchronicity that spans uh, many years. That it's not, if you, if you look at, and that of course takes... Uh, documentation to some degree yeah. you know so I have a weird one that's connected to Hahnemann but because I write my journal a lot and I've kept a lot of records I can go back and look and so it started in the 1990s <laughs> and it has a special meaning for me and it started kicking up again I said wow because Hahnemann is the the monkey god is a very uh, I don't work with Hahnemann normally so it's not something I usually think about so when Hahnemann started coming up again I was like okay this is interesting <laughs> And so it's, you can start seeing these clusters and going back to what you'd said earlier, how it shows you're part of something bigger. Yeah. You know, and exactly. you can begin to see yourself yeah. you are, yeah. that, that you're part of yeah. this, this interlacing of things. Yeah. There's something I wanted to say about like creating your own reality and, uh, and synchronicities. And uh, there's a little bit of a difference somewhere. Where, going back to where I was in Germany, because this is a very important uh, phase in my life and uh, moving to America. And... Uh, 
I had a lot of things to bring to my parents, like, you know, like clothes and all my stuff from my house. And I needed a big, uh, big, a big suitcase to put everything in one, in one piece, in one thing. And I, I'm very romantic and I like design and things like this. So I wanted a, a wicker, is it wicker? Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted those old-fashioned things, you know. They like, oh, right, you know, yes. And you open them, it's, yeah. there's a lid and everything. I wanted this one, and then, pff, yeah, right. Like, I'm going to find this. Two weeks later, I found this one on the street. So, you see, is it a synchronicity, or is it me uh, me wanting and creating this for myself? But I really forgot about it, because that was really uh, unbelievable that I would get this one anyway. So, But I got it. And uh, I don't... I think it's really a synchronicity. I think it's more like creating something you want and I didn't think about it anymore. It appeared and I, got, I took it and I was really happy with it. But um, there's a little nuance there, I think. I think there's a slight difference yeah. in my, and mostly from my point of view. When I experience profound synchronicity, it doesn't match with what's going on completely with me. Whereas exactly. when I manifest yeah. something like I want, I yeah. remember once, this is a very small example, but it really meant a lot to me because... I like small gifts. I'm one of these people that really loves little gifts. <laughs> and I remember seeing this beautiful purple sweater that was kind of Angora in this magazine. I was like in my 20s. And of course, fashion is so great when you're in your 20s, especially. And I really wanted that exact color. And I remember trying to look for it. And it just did not exist. And I was in, living in New York, so sweaters were there. And I finally just let it go. And then eventually, I don't know when it was, like a year later, I found it in a thrift store. <laughs> I mean, it was, I'd totally forgotten. And I was, oh my God, there's the purple sweater. What? So I thought that was more of a manifestation yeah. thing when I let it go and then I let go. Whereas when I had the synchronicity with my mother, it was it was a different experience mm-hmm. even. It was yeah. like something yeah. outside of me was reaching to me mm-hmm. in ways I really felt it. I felt this energy coming yes. to me and I was like and it always makes me feel so humble and happy yeah. this when I have these synchronicities yeah. and then when I feel like I've done a manifestation thing I just feel like yeah it works you know <laughs> I mean it's more like you know of course it works you know to some degree I don't think we can manifest absolutely everything we want at the instant we want and sometimes we think we want things we really don't so that's another <laughs> story so for me, there's a slight difference, yeah. but I can see where they look very similar. Mm-hmm. And maybe they are for other people, but for me, I, I feel at least the deep synchronicities. Like they, they really feel like something else is is coming. And I do feel part, that's when I feel part of a really beautiful universe. That's when I feel more hopeful and that yeah. I don't understand how it works, really. I don't know what this universe is. I just know that it it's responsive. Yeah. And you know, a good metaphor for this would be that it's like a movie you're entering into a movie when you have this experience with the synchronicity because it's really out of, of, of this world it's as i said it's unfold unseen forces that are, are doing this for you and it's for you mm-hmm. it's not for anybody it's just for you and it's uh, it's unbelievable i love it uh, i want more and, and you can have more so the, <laughs> yes. the cool thing about the book the power of flow is that they went through and looked at what it took to stay in the flow. Mm-hmm. And they have exercises, but what they found, and this was from talking to all these different people, and also I love that they talked to just ordinary people too, and not just certain kinds of people, spiritual people, or in fact, some of them probably wouldn't call themselves even necessarily spiritual, some of the flow people. So they found that, first of all, there were nine characteristics or nine attributes that create flow. And of course, these are all good attributes. And they, these are the nine that they say, and they go into them in detail. Commitment, honesty, courage, passion, immediacy, openness, receptivity, positivity, and trust. And uh, if you're, if I have people come to me as clients sometimes say, my, you know, normally I'm very intuitive and I'm in the flow, but it's somehow blocked the flow. And so one can go in and sort of see what area that I am blocking things with and kind of work on it. And this is all based on research, too. It's not based on simply these are good ideas, which, I mean, none of these you know attributes are, are negative. So I, I remember one thing, too, that she said about people and the, the, the writer said about people that experience flow a lot is they have deep integrity. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I thought that makes a lot yeah, of sense. It does. You know? So that was so. If you feel like you know, sometimes you're just not in the flow, uh, and you're off it a little, your game. Then there's ways to correct it more quickly, mm-hmm. rather than just waiting for it to yeah. come back. And as I was saying, if you're caught in the in the three D dimension, you um, 
you can't see those things and uh, you you can't create more of those so it's you have to disconnect from it and uh, and there's a, there are many ways you you, you bombarding bombarded with all, all those uh, uh, downers if I can say that you see what I'm saying mm -hmm. and um, yeah the best way is to keep the flow is to be uh, to be quiet and patient and uh, and go for what you want and move with it I think. And, and being in the flow, I wish I could remember some of the stories. The other thing I liked about the book, there's some really fascinating stories of when people hit obstacles, what did they do? And it does not mean that you will not hit an obstacle. Mm -hmm. You exactly. can still be in yeah, the exactly. flow. Yeah. You just learn how to navigate yeah, the obstacle. Yeah. So I, I thought that's why I liked it. It's more realistic. It yeah. wasn't this idea that we're always going to be in this perfect harmony. Mm -hmm. I don't think flow is harmony. No, it's not. It's different. Yeah. And But it's a profound state. And I think that people that feel they're in the flow largely are more content in yeah. life and it's it's like a like you're hitting in one direction and you it does it's like going to a different country on a boat you have like waves you have like storms but you're going there so you're going to go through this and uh, as you say it's never always like like quiet it can't be that's life is not about about being quiet and uh you're gonna have those experiences like obstacles and you 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 stop you meditate and you you listen to what it wants to tell you and uh, you're gonna have the answer and after you you go around it and you go you move on again move on it's all about moving on oh yeah even <laughs> the word flow sort of yeah. suggests it's about movement exactly and that's actually a good point because sometimes <laughs> i find people are afraid to take any action as yeah. if that you know because they're so worried about it's got to be the right action and so even Casey mentions that in one of his books, how at some point just take an action. Don't, even, if it's a, even if it's not perfect, it's going to move things along yeah. and instead of staying kind of stagnant. Yeah. And we don't, I don't think we, we incarnate on this planet to be a, a Zen Buddhist anyways. You can do this, but not uh, like for your whole life. Because you come here to have experiences. You come for action. You come for movement. You come for sensation, for six senses. You come for all the senses. You come to develop this having experience deep experiences bad experiences good experiences you come to have all those experiences and those synchronicities are always positive they they they're mostly positive they're really never negative but um one time you told me about negative synchronicities i wanted to ask you about this what it is well this is coming again more from the psychological point of view is that synchronicity can be a sign of a breakthrough or a breakdown and I have seen um, some synchronicities, they're, they're, they're very strong warnings, and they can be repetitive, that if you don't do this, you're going to suffer from it. <laughs> so it's, again, in a way, it's trying to get you to correct your course um, before something does happen. And I, if you look at one of his books, I think it's Man and His Symbol, he gives a, a kind of dire one of a breakdown of a man. And it, I can't, I never can remember it, but it was pretty strong and pretty dire. He didn't die, but he had a breakdown. And breakdowns are, they sound pretty awful and scary. You know, we, in the movies, I don't think we really get to see what mm -hmm. a breakdown really looks like no. for somebody. And I'm sure it must be a very frightening experience on some level. So they, it, they're both. It's, it's, there's, there's a, you, it's not really a disharmony. It's just saying that, hey, we're, you keep going down this path and this is what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. and, and some people will tell me that, oh, yeah, you know, I kept, you know, getting this one thing happening, but I didn't listen. And so it's, it's not as common. It's, I think you could probably train yourself to use the positive synchronicity but I, I have now and then, for one one time I remember going, uh, we were driving our car and we hadn't really checked the tires a lot lately, the air. And there was one week I just saw a lot of blown out tires, too many, so we made sure we put some air in the tires. It was so, so many. I thought maybe we're really, you know, pushing it here. <laughs> so luckily nothing happened, but I, you know, I paid attention. I said, well, about one or two, but when I see three or four in one week and I don't usually see that many blowing out, it has to really stand out. Yeah. And, and not everything, by the way, is a sign. I think some people exactly. get a little kooky about yeah. the sign thing. The, you know, sometimes you just need to go and live your, yeah. your life. Yeah, the same thing with me with the tire. I had like seven times, seven times a flat tire in my garage, and uh, I was like, "What is this? What does it mean?" So, nothing. Yeah. You can you can make a you can make a big story out of it, or you don't have to. You know, that's what I was saying. It's it's a sign. It's a stop sign. Stop and move on. When you you stop. 
but uh, not every time it's a sign. It's uh, otherwise you go crazy as well if you you start to analyze everything and and look at for signs and 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 signs and synchronicity. You have to be relaxed about it. Yes, and and the, I think that the little signs for me and the little synchronicities are, are for me little encouragements. I'll just say, oh, that's nice, you know, mm -hmm. to encourage me along my path yeah. that day. It's like yeah. a support from the universe, yeah. and it feels good. And I agree with you. After a while. Also, when you have as many synchronicities as I tend to have, it's part of my life. And, and that's what they talk about even in the flow. Eventually, you become the flow. And it isn't as big a deal because you're basically connected. And so the ones maybe that are really special, mm -hmm. you might stop and acknowledge. And it's not to say that you think any less of them. You just, you just really, I think you've integrated them. Mm -hmm. you're, you accept that they're part of life. And they're part of anyone. Anyone can have this. Mm -hmm. Anyone can have these signs. I'm not special. You're not more special. I think the universe also does signs and synchronicities and the language of the person would exactly. receive yeah. it in and understand and understand it. Yeah. So that's why it becomes quite unique. Yeah. You know, what, uh, the way you would get a synchronicity yeah. would be different from me. Yeah. And uh, you, I don't know if you remember, like a few months ago, we had like butterflies all over the place, like thousands. Oh, of them. yeah. And uh, same thing. Like you see one. Oh, there's a butterfly. What is it? I'm transforming. Uh, uh, I was born. I just re. re, re how to say reborn reborn thank you and uh you can you can analyze it as again and say uh, okay it's california it's los angeles we have lots of uh, butterfly maybe los angeles or california is transforming and being reborn yeah and that was and, kind of uh, special for some people because exactly. i didn't see any of them you didn't and, no not every some people were right there like mm -hmm. when it was happening for me because i didn't see any of them <laughs> a lot of people didn't see them except on the news I think if you saw them, to me, that was kind of special, That's, whatever yeah. was going on for you yeah. with transformation yeah, exactly. or rebirth. And uh, after I uh, uh, look on, on the news and they said they were coming from uh, South America and they were moving to Canada. So that was like migration. So, OK, so <laughs> they were not here and suddenly mm -hmm. they appeared. They was like really passing by. But it was interesting. Well, and insects especially can have very powerful messages. So the ones that I see a lot for people, dragonfly mm -hmm. uh, and butterfly in its different stages, yeah. uh, especially there's only two times I've ever seen a cocoon. And one was a monarch. And so I really paid attention. Mm -hmm. So I think they really can be quite special for people overall. I've read some really interesting stories how butterflies have really appeared in weird places. Like one was in a prison somewhere. It was a story with a prisoner and the butterfly somehow got in. And they just seem to kind of appear out of nowhere for people sometimes. Dragonflies, too, they'll just kind of show up even in the city when, you mm -hmm. know, you don't expect. They yeah. seem to be very powerful at being part of synchronicities. Yeah. And hummingbirds, too. Hummingbirds. Yes. Two years ago, I used to, to see a lot of... Uh, which one was it? The dragonfly? Yeah, dragonfly. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it's supposed to be emotional uh, growth or something like this, I think. Well, I think there's different uh, messages for different people. So I use Jamie Sam's interpretation, which is about basically um, seeing the light and uh, uh, truth of things, not being fooled by glamour. And of course, it has that <laughs> metamorphosis too, like a yeah, butterfly. Yeah, and it, exactly. I guess it takes two years to go through a complete yeah. metamorphosis. Oh, yes. interesting. So, yes. But, you know, there's no <laughs> rules about that. It's really kind of what you know, what you follow your culturally and yes, your, uh, yes, you know, it might be yeah. unique to you. Maybe mm -hmm. whenever you see a dragonfly, something particular happens. Mm -hmm. And so they can be kind yeah. of indicators that way. Uh, and that's one way to develop, by the way, synchronicity. There are some, especially, uh, at least in the medicine cards, the dolphin and the whale are particularly associated with synchronicity. Hmm. So let's say you feel like, because I've had some people come to me and say they don't feel like they're getting enough synchronicities anymore. Let's say you feel like you're out of the flow. You can also work with the totems. And so you usually working with the totem, I just suggest you do things the totems would do. Dolphins and whales swim, mm -hmm. spend time by the beach. Whales, they of course sing and vocalize. So doing any kind of vocalization. And as we all know, when we vocalize, it can really uh, affect our body, whether we sing, chant, do toning, which is a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And that helps to harmonize you. So you can do, and then the other thing is with the whale, you can work with the Akashic records. So mm -hmm. you could probably even go to someone that does it, or yeah. you can do it yourself. It's, it's not that hard to do the Akashic records yourself. So there's another approach. If you like, you know, animals and mammals and insects and birds, you can work with developing synchronicity using a totem. Hmm. And it's a lot of fun because then they really 
they start showing up as the synchronicity. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, what I want to say about synchronicities, again, you were mentioning something like uh, sometimes they don't have any more people, they don't have any more synchronicities. And I don't think it's it's okay. They should not try to provoke them or to create them because that's not how it works. It, it's something that happens to you at, at a moment and you don't create it. So why would you ask for this? You don't ask for synchronicities anyways. You well, don't, no, but I, don't I said that the wrong way. Like they, they usually have them and they just feel like basically they're out of the they flow. Disappear. So how do we, how can we help them get back in the flow? They're not... But they, they, they are know, in the flow. But but they, they, they feel they're not. This is exactly what they'll tell me. And this is a way to help people remind themselves that they are. I, I do think people get stuck. I do think, I'm not saying that the flow is not always there for us to re-engage, but I do think from doing all the readings I've ever done, people will get stuck. Almost like if you think that there's a, a river mm -hmm. and instead of trying to go around the block, they're trying to go through a blocked part of the river. Mm -hmm. In Taoism, you you bend with everything, yeah, and so yeah, yeah. they're stuck because they're just not bending mm -hmm. into wherever the flow wants yeah. it to go. They're not surrendering, and they're getting mental. They're yeah. getting they're thinking too much about it, and that's why yeah. they, it's not working anymore. So, but I, I do think that the that there are techniques to help people reengage a little more quickly. I, I don't think we have to wait for synchronicity nope. and flow because again, it's all about consciousness and i agree uh, you can't force it try to force a synchronicity to happen <laughs> that's going to be bad that, but we can prepare ourselves in a way that we're aligned again with mm -hmm. ourselves maybe we got misaligned because we took a job that initially we thought we liked and then it really wasn't mm -hmm. the job we really wanted mm -hmm. we were just doing it for some other mm -hmm. reason but we stayed mm -hmm. and we knew we should leave and so when people get a little misaligned with themselves they just simply have to get realigned and, yeah. and sometimes the easiest thing to do is to do something you really just enjoy doing. Yeah. That's not hard. That I think sometimes people overthink that even. If I'm not quite sure what I want to do with my career, I'll start doing some things I just enjoy anyway. Exactly. Because then you're just yeah. realigned yeah. with yourself, yeah. and therefore yeah. you're realigned with the universe, yeah. Yeah. and exactly. you'll start having that yeah. flow again yeah. uh, instead of trying to force it. So I agree with that about you can't really force a synchronicity. Uh, I, I never get over the delight it brings me, and that's one oh. thing I like about them is it... And maybe because it, it just reminds us that we're part of the cosmos. Yeah. We're all cosmic yeah. beings and we all belong yeah. here. And especially if you're going through a time where, let's say, you don't have as much love or friendship in your life, I have found you can connect to the universe and it's not a small thing. It's, you it's, can feel welcome here. Yeah, and you feel supported. Mm -hmm. You feel like you have a connection. You feel like you can be connected with others and you're connected with the universe, whatever it is. And... Uh, it's a really a good thing, and it's it's very important for your life, for yourself, you know. One of my favorite flow stories, and this was before I think I really thought about synchronicity. So I was I was in my early thirties, and I was living in Woodstock, New York, in mm -hmm. the town there. I had a cute little apartment, and there was this bookstore, and it's still there, Mirabai Bookstore. It's a little spiritual bookstore run by a woman, Ann Roberts, at the time. And she only had like, I think, one other employee that worked there. And it was a really cute store. And I really wanted to work there. <laughs> so I went to apply and I had been laid off from this job. And so I had like almost a year where I could just take unemployment. And I was really kind of needing it. So I did. I took the year. And she's, you know, she said, no, I'm not hiring anyone else. And she had this one lovely woman that had been working there for like seven or eight years. And she looked happy. So then a year later, uh, I had lost the application form, and I decide that day I'm going to go and, and apply and give her the application. And I went in there, and the woman that had been working there for years had just decided to go back to school. <laughs> and it was, I mean, it was, in, and even the woman, Anne, was like, that was an incredible timing. It was a year yeah. later. Wow. And I just, I just decided to do that. And it was really a very good experience working in that bookstore. And I met some really neat healers and things like that. But that that kind of flow, I'll never forget it because it was a you know good amount of time that passed, and it wasn't like she hired very often. Like I said, she hadn't hired anyone for years and years. So that's an I to me that's an example of flow. Is I just trusted intuitively, you know, I'm going to go back in there now. This is the time to do it, and it wasn't but, because I even had run out of money. It was just this is when I'm going to go back and find but, out. Is it orchestrated or is it like being uh, the right time at the right spot? Is it different from a synchronicity that's orchestrated and it's like a movie? Or, and, uh, you know, like when you go, wow, and uh, you have uh, you got this job because you were the same at the right time. It, what's the difference? 
Well, I mean, this is just an opinion, but according to uh, in the power of flow, synchronicity takes you to flow. And so what that experience to me was being in the right place at the right time is flow. Mm. You're in the flow. Mm -hmm. And everybody will talk about, it. I feel like I'm in the flow, you know. <laughs> so that but that somehow they're they're together. And so to me it wasn't it was more about a, a story about flow and being in the flow with that job and not so much about synchronicity. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And though they're they're tied together. And yeah. so again, that's just a theory and that's an opinion, though I do think there are other books on flow that it's been around for a long time, the psychological view of flow mm -hmm. and what it is. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of thought put into it. I haven't read those books, but I know it's been around as a concept flow for a while. And it's being present all the time, being in the flow. That's part it's, of it. It's yes. not looking back uh, all the time or in the future too much. Well, I think there's a little misunderstanding about that. What I think um, is meant by being in the present is when I sit down and talk to someone, I sit with them fully aware of them. Exactly. It doesn't mean I don't spend any time at all looking at my past mm -hmm. or looking into my future because mm -hmm. if I don't look back at my past, I won't um, gain any wisdom from my experiences. Yeah. It just And so even when I'm looking back in my past, I'm very present yeah. to my past. Yeah. I'm in it. I'm writing about it. I'm talking about it. And my future, when I'm looking to my future, I'm really thinking about it. I'm focusing on it. So I think the presentness is about being in one place and not scattered in two different mm -hmm. directions, whatever time frame you're working with. So I, I think for some reason, because how would people plan then if they didn't have time to look ahead? So I think that's that distractiveness is what they're saying don't do. Yeah. You know, don't be distracted while I'm sitting here with you. And yeah. Don't look thinking, around. Okay, uh, now I have to go yeah. make coffee or yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, as much as possible, you know, as much as we can just be there. Mm -hmm. And of course, the easiest way to do that is breathing. So actually, a, a synchronicity could be a confirmation that you're in the present. Hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you, you, you moving, you have this, uh, this scene going on and it, that's extraordinary. And uh, that's confirmation that you're here now and uh, you can move, move on. It's about the, it's really about the flow and moving on, but not moving on in a way that you should look over there. You are there now and you have this beautiful scene that's happening and uh, you've been taken to this, um, this synchronicity, this, um, experience that's amazing and uh, that's how you know you're here now i think and it's it's beautiful I, I really want more because the one i had the ones i had it were like crazy 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 movies yeah I, and i i think there's sort of different sort of levels of synchronicities for me as i said i think there's some that um i've had some that have truly comforted my fear yeah. i've had some that when i've been nervous if i'm and, and usually they're ones that involve larger issues mm -hmm. not just issues connected to me like when mm -hmm. i was an activist and mm -hmm. working uh, i had some really interesting synchronicities with tara when i was covering some stories i thought were a little you know intense and so i, I think that basically uh, there can be different connections to synchronicities and different like ordinary ones and profound ones and i think they're all really helpful i think the main thing is not to get carried away mm -hmm. as uh, like it means you're special. It doesn't at all mean you're special. It just means you're here. Like yeah, you exactly. said, you're yeah, here, yeah. and that's a big deal yeah. that we're here because that's why we're we're born. We're, yeah. we're born to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not somewhere else. Yeah, not exactly. off, you know, yeah. in another spiritual you realm. You choose to be here, and uh, you know there are little ones like uh, I don't know if it's a synchronicity. Like you pick up the phone and uh, you you want to talk to someone, and uh, you don't dial the number, but they're on the other side. Yeah, that's that's considered a synchronicity. And it happens to me many times, I'm sure, to you too. It happens really often. And uh, it's kind of a little synchronicity, but I don't think it means much. Just you, in, as, as, again, you're in the flow, you're connected to that person, and uh, and that should be it. should not be a big deal about it. A lot of people get songs for synchronicities too, like you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I have a lot yeah, of people yeah. that have very specific with songs with the message, mm -hmm. uh, number songs, mm -hmm. um, words. Yeah. Uh, it's very specific phrases mm -hmm. uh, that they hear over and over again. And yeah. they'll hear it from different, they'll read a book, then they'll hear it from their friend that same day, and then someone else will say the, say, the, the words as well, and mm -hmm. that's considered a synchronicity as well. Should I tell the, the sign we had with Mike? Yeah, so, sure. So uh, sure. before we, we started uh, filming this show, we uh, we went with Mike to get some grab some, some lunch, 
And we crossed the street. We went to the supermarket and we come back. And I said to Mike, look, there's a dollar bill on the floor. He's like, oh, yeah. So I pick it up. And he's like, there's another one. And I didn't see the second one. So I think that was, that was a really good almond for, for, for us. And uh, it's it makes me happy. It made, made you happy. It made him happy. And that's all it is. And uh, it's good. It's not the, suddenly there's a storm. Everything's going down. It's, it's, it's positive. And that's how we should see it. And, and and the fact that there were two dollar bills, I thought and was I really. And I saw one. You saw one, and yeah, then Michael and it's, it's saw the bit, other. Yeah. I actually, we first moved out here. <laughs> the reason why I always pick up um, pennies, I think I would anyway. But I was telling Michael about this dream I had, and we were walking down Lincoln, and I had this dream that all this money was coming out of a payphone. <laughs> and as we were walking, I was telling him the dream. We heard this clunk clunk from a payphone, and some money came out of this payphone. <laughs> And I, I don't really even know what it meant, except that I felt it was lucky. And I, I said, I said, Michael, did you hear that? Do you, do you think there's something in that payphone? And I still don't, you know, that those are those kind of ambiguous synchronicities that mm-hmm. just you puzzle over. But I, I think it was part of this idea that we were meant to be in L.A. Because when we first came out here, it was very difficult and that we're still kind of connected and so whenever I, I see money in the streets, no matter what I, uh, most of the time, unless it puts me in any danger, that that's the trick money you don't want to pick <laughs> up. Uh, I pick it up for good luck. But that was the, the synchronicity that started me doing it, is that I'd had that dream. Yeah. But even the dream seemed kind of ordinary, but yeah. it was so strange uh, that they collided. Yeah, it's always like this anyways. But, and uh, we, we, uh, we're living our life through a linear, t- linear time, and... Uh, when those uh, experiences, like those synchronicities happen, you really uh, realize that they are like those unseen forces, like uh, on another timeline and uh, helping you and creating that experience. And that's why it's like a movie. It's really unbelievable. And um, uh, there were like, I don't know if you've seen those movies called synchronicities, I think. Was I it? don't think so, no. And it's, it's they killed somebody every time and said, be careful, it's like they have signs and they, it's, it's really funny. Hmm. But it's not funny because they all die every time. <laughs> well, that's a negative synchronicity, I guess. Completely. <laughs> but they always have a sign and they're going to die and the other one is... <clears throat> and it's like very gore. It's, it's funny. Huh. But uh, it's kind of what it is, actually, without the dying part. But um, it's really orchestrating. That's a movie, but that, those synchronicities are really like movies. And uh, even picking up a phone and the other person on, at the end of the line... You don't create this. It's I, I don't know how to explain it because I've not, I've not been to the other side yet, so I don't know who's doing this for us. But it's uh, it's really positive, and I think there's a lot of positiveness about all that, and uh, we should see it like this, the way it is. It is, and I I think it it comes from more of that Eastern idea of there's this force, this ineffable force that we don't quite understand that has mm-hmm. um. Uh, very pliable energy with us that it's it's in everything and there's also this consciousness so there's consciousness in many in mm-hmm. everything actually even yeah. trees yeah. and rocks yes. have consciousness yes. so perhaps it's connected a little to that because you can also have signs with uh say astrological synchronicities mm-hmm. you yeah. can have yeah. and so you some people believe that the planets are these giant beings mm-hmm. that are conscious. I think so. And I think so yeah. too. Like yeah. the earth is yeah. a being it's that's mother conscious. Nature. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe that we're getting closer to proving that yeah. with science yeah. even. Oh yeah. You know, and so we're we're all interacting in yeah. some ways, yeah. I think. So it it shows I think the most important thing is it helps us to feel connected. Yeah. And that and we belong here. And supported. And supported. Like we don't do everything in vain and uh, for no reason. Yeah. And that's the meaning you should give to your life, meaning. Well, and I, I think there are quite a few spiritual traditions that say that the best thing you, you can take from life are a lot of rich experiences. Yeah. And that's when, when you die, that's what you basically have to offer. Mm-hmm. And I may not have a big house or a certain amount of money, but I can say I've had a lot of rich experiences mm-hmm. in my life. And there is something to that in terms of making you feel that you're satisfied, yeah. that you're le- you're leading a meaningful life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people in the flow, they do feel more content, it seems like, with their overall yeah. life. They're not, they know that they're here for a reason, yeah. that their purpose is valid, whatever yeah. their purposes are. That's true. Yeah. And everyone has a different purpose. And I, I think that's another thing is my purpose could be quite simple mm-hmm. and yet profound to me. And that's all that matters is that if that purpose means something to you, 
and not artificially. I think that we all have the same purpose is to be ourselves and to shine. I think that's the only purpose we have. However we do it, that's mm -hmm. the purpose we have, I think. And that's all we should do. Yeah. You had one last thing I think you wanted to say. Yeah, uh, Starbucks quote. <laughs> no, it's not. I wanted to say, uh, I read this yesterday, it's a quote, I forgot from whom, but uh, I don't think it, what matters is what it says. Synchronicities are a personal reminder that reality is something other than what we are told it is. And that's true. Thank you. Subscribe Thanks. to us, like us and comment. We really enjoy your comments and we will see you next week or actually the week after, I, I excuse me. And join us as we continue to explore the esoteric and the obscure. Yeah, thank you very much. Have a great week. Bye-bye.